Letter to Harvey Milk is currently playing off-Broadway, and I've got the two amazing stars from this show, uh, Adam Heller and Julia Nitel, uh, who just blew me away with their performances. Not only is the show very good, but these two are like a masterclass in acting um, in, in musical theater. And so I asked if they'd come in and talk together, and lo and behold, ask and you receive, shall receive. I've got... Two amazing stars right here. How are you guys doing? Oh, great. You are very kind. <laughs> oh, Thank you so much. <laughs> what a great introduction. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. So um, I, I know both of you very experienced, done a lot, and I was surprised. You look so young, and then I like look at your bio. I'm like, wow, she's done tons. <laughs> I'm still beginning. <laughs> yeah, but you were on tour for as Carol King and Beautiful, I yeah. understand. Yeah, I got to tour the country. It was quite an experience. Yeah, and do you have any particular highlights you wanted to mention, Adam, of your previous gigs? Uh, There's a long, long list. Well, there. yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I've lived in New York for uh, 30 years now, yeah. so it's been a lot, and it's been, you know, in town and out of town, and we He's just keep Broadway. trucking along. You got a right? lot of Broadway on there, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm still trying to figure, I know I've seen you in something else, too, and I, wasn't, the, I don't think it was on the The last thing I did was something called It Should Have Been You. That was a musical David Hyde Pierce directed. Uh, and uh, it was just high farce and mm -hmm. a fantastic time with a lot of great people. Yeah. So, so well, I guess first thing on the bill is tell us a little bit about Harvey Milk and how this came together for you guys, and and the short thing let people know why they should come see it or or present it in their own community later on. See that I love. I love the idea of people getting to take this show into their own hands and and give it new life and fresh life across the country because. It's such an important story, but at any time, but especially at this time in our history where, you know, all of these kind of unsavory opinions are, are unearthing themselves in our politics and in, you know, various places, and people don't feel as comfortable to be who they are. And that is, you know, a time in which our play takes place. And so in the 1970s and 80s, gay people in San Francisco were... And across the country and the world, we're not accepted. And as someone who grew up as a millennial, I had really no idea mm -hmm. about any of this because we don't learn it in school. With and the title, too, I knew who Harvey Milk was, but I definitely this was not what I was expecting with Harvey Milk in the title. Yeah. And I do think maybe, especially for our listeners in the hinterlands, what I think is so great about this play is that it approaches a very gay-themed storyline in from a heterosexual perspective. And I think... Especially as the, maybe the play goes to middle America, where mm. there's still a lot of those issues. It allows that audience member to perhaps feel uncomfortable and make the same progress mm. that your character makes, mm -hmm. Adam. Absolutely. And, and that's, I, I think, ultimately the real brilliance of this play is, may, may not be politically correct to whitewash, so to speak, and the thing, but I think this allowing that particular type of audience member to go on the journey with your character. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, that's their window in. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, Harvey Milk, for those who don't know, was the first openly gay elected official in San Francisco. He was a uh, uh, supervisor, and uh, he was proud and smart and did many, many great things. You know, uh, certainly fronted a 
a, a civil rights cause, but he was, I mean, he also got the potholes fixed. Yeah. And, and he did all the... the and helped the elderly and helped women and helped, you know, any minority in San Francisco that didn't feel like they had a voice. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he uh, is a character in our show, but he, he comes in and out, and uh, um, he's really beautifully played by um, an actor named Michael, Michael Bartoli. Yeah, he's he uh, such a good job. Great pal, yeah. yeah. I dare anybody who thinks that musical theater isn't real acting to come watch you guys <laughs> perform this show. <laughs> well, it is really a show without yeah. special effects, yeah. and yeah. it's really about people uh, connecting with each other and communicating with yeah. each other. It's an off-Broadway uh, show that uh, keeps it pretty simple and primary in a yeah. way. And Julie and I have the greatest conversations nightly, and it, it changes, and it's mm -hmm. never the same. Yeah. And it's what makes the journey worth traveling, right? Yeah, and we, we're very lucky because so many of our scenes are real conversations, and there's nothing, you know, over the top. And I don't mean to use that word in a way that makes it sound like that can't be fun. But truly, we do get to just be two people on stage going through a really important time in each of our lives. And we get to rely on each other. And it's very, very cool. So one thing I saw that I definitely would like to bring up, and both of you are outstanding acting, but the, the, there's a certain specificity between the lines I look for in actors. And I really sets the difference. And I, it's definitely something I saw both of you doing. And and I and and I got this feeling. I mean, masterful actor, but I also got this sense as I'm watching. I mean, because so much of the show is the two of you that I'm going. I have a feeling that this was kind of a masterclass for you as well, Julia, mm -hmm. being able to to work together. And I'm wondering, you know, is is some of that just observing, or is there actual like discussion? You know. Well, I think she and I have a, a similar. Without even having discussed it, I don't think we ever did, but I. I think I have, my hunch is, is that you and I like the same kind of acting. We do. When you don't really see it. <clears throat> yeah. You don't, it, it creeps up on you because it feels like actual conversation and, uh, and living in a moment fully uh, and uh, as spontaneous as you can, you can make yourself believe that something you've done a hundred times can be. Yes. But I'm also not going to let him distract from the fact that I'm about to compliment him. <laughs> with his, You know, Adam is one of those people in the business who is just a legend. And he has so much experience. And that experience oozes from him in a way that is so unpretentious that it's like it's staggering to be around. And he is so talented. And getting to share the stage with him every night, it keeps me honest. It keeps me accountable. It keeps me guessing. And it is not something that you sometimes ever get to experience in your career. And for me to get to work with someone like him this early, I, I thank my lucky stars every day. Wow, that's really kind of you. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but I really, if I can return the compliment, I really did not know you. And I, we uh, didn't have any friends who had worked with you. So it was really a bit of a wild card. And, uh, but when you came in and we started working, I thought... Oh, I, I'm going to learn from this person, oh. and that's what it's always about, you know. So, uh, and we talk about this a little bit, you know. Uh, Julia keeps me honest, and I don't feel like I can be any less than at a hundred percent with you because 
Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, then where will we be? Same. Right? <laughs> I'll be Chris Farley for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> and that moment where you, uh, where you like sang to each other. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. well, us too. That's great. <laughs> um, uh, one thing that surprised me, I'm wondering how often you hear this. When you first, when you, there's a lot of, you have a lot of like kind of light singing before you like really first fully like start belting and when that big voice actually yeah. finally emerged from you i was like holy cow i was not <laughs> expecting that and again and then i'm looking at the carol king oh yeah that makes sense but you don't look like the voice you have i don't know how to put that you know <laughs> thank you <laughs> i mean it's not that you're tiny you know you're you, you know you're but you 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 have this meek look that works really well i yeah. mean I'm and just then, tricking and all of you <laughs> this amazing big voice comes out. Thank you. It's a stunning voice. I wish your listeners could hear it. Well, they will be able to hear it. Yeah, our, our cast album comes out May 22nd, I believe. Yeah, so it will be already out by the time this, See? this it comes out. It, it uh, comes out on Harvey Milk's birthday. On Harvey Milk's I birthday. So, so we're go How down was recording it. the cast album? It, uh, it was really fun. I unfortunately had a sinus infection. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I didn't know until afterwards, yeah. but I, that whole day I was like, I'm not feeling well. But it was really so much fun, and it was my first. But foray. your technique is so impeccable that yeah. we never hear that when you're struggling. It's like you've found the way to navigate around that so that it is not. Well, he's you know that Tony Braxton legendarily recorded most of her debut album with a cold. Shut up. Really? So there. <laughs> you know, sometimes a cold can make you way more pingy, and that is that is. I mean, I don't really think I had that, but, you know, we'll see. (laughs) You have that. We'll be right back to this interview after a brief word from our sponsors. Special thanks to our travel sponsor. Are you looking at majoring in theater for a career as a creative artist? I've created a program at the University of Providence in Montana that is designed to meet your goals. If you want to be an artist, you are an entrepreneur. And our BA in Theater and Business Arts is designed for you to learn essential business skills with classes specifically designed for theater artists. You'll also explore different artistic skills to help you develop your talents. And our productions are very student-driven, with a real focus on students creating their own work, so you know how to do that once you graduate. With a senior creative project of your choice and a business senior project of developing your own five-year business plan for your career, after graduation, you'll know exactly what your next steps are. UP also has some great programs like a four-year graduation guarantee and a student loan repayment assistance program. If you'd like to find out more, click on our sponsor link at broadwaybullet.com. Special thanks to our location sponsor. Writers need a full community of support in order to do their important work. That's where DGF steps in. The Dramatist Guild Foundation is a national charity that fuels the future of American theater by supporting playwrights, composers, lyricists, and book writers at all stages of their careers. They do this by sponsoring educational programs, providing emergency aid to writers in need, and offering a free rehearsal space where I recorded this episode. In April of this year, DGF launched its New Voices program, which brought trained teaching artists into fourth grade classrooms. These artists led the students in the collaborative creation of their own plays, which were then performed for the school by professional actors. It is crucial that young students are given proper access and training in theater to share their stories and learn the power of their own voices. 
If you'd like to help support DGF in fostering the writers of tomorrow, please visit dgf.org and be sure to follow them on Twitter at dgfound. Now, back to our interview in progress. So, what were some of the most intriguing or different processes? I mean, were there any moments that stood out or, you know, memorable stories of what you discovered rehearsing this play and getting it ready? Um, That's an interesting question. I did a lot of research. I, I did a lot of reading because I am neither gay nor Jewish, and I felt like I had a responsibility to fully understand this character on both of those levels. And I actually grew up in a very Jewish town in New mm-hmm. Jersey and have been to bar, bat, and benai yeah. mitzvahs, more than I can count. So I, you know, I actually knew most of the Yiddish, and I had a kind of more of a grasp on the Jewish aspect than I did on the lesbian aspect. And I you know, spoke with my godfathers, who have been most, one of the most influential relationships in my life since I was born, who've been together for 30 years. And it was so fascinating to hear these stories from them that they've never shared with me. Because to me, all the gay people in my life are confident and proud and in happy relationships. And there was never anything that, that made me think of struggle when I thought of them. And so to go back in their histories and to go back in the history of America and to read about the struggle was so eye-opening and, and really kind of helped me light a fire under Barbara and make sure that I understood the struggle, because I didn't before yeah, now. That's so interesting, because our play takes place in 1986, you know, which was the absolute apex mm-hmm. of the AIDS plague. Mm. And uh, so many of us who lived through that time really lived through a massacre. Yeah. And... Uh, losing people we loved left and right. and It was terrifying in a way that you just, it's hard to connect with now. And I think that's why people don't talk about it as much as, like my generation doesn't know about it as deeply because it's so painful and it's so tragic that it's almost too recent for people to mm-hmm. really even understand it fully. You know, yeah. and it's, it's, you know, and unfortunately, this is where you say, like, say, I think the play is still very important in certain pockets of the country. There are large portions of the country where your character's attitude as a gay person and your attitude is even being supportive of gays, but kind of, you know, wanting to still keep quiet, you know, about it is still kind of the norm yeah. for the vast majority. Um, in a lot of ways, I feel like I see in, in my town, which is, I think, small town representative, uh, you know, but other places that actually with the advent of the Internet, and be able to be more open and honest, you know, anonymously online has almost, I felt, led to more, you know, willingness to be closed off and not as outspoken or visual in person. Mm. Yes, it's okay in my private life that I keep everything about me a secret because mm. I have online. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's still very much out there in, in some communities. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. And hopefully this play, Getting Produced, at their community theater company yeah. would, would bring people to the side that they should be on, yeah. you know, in a little more of a digestible way, perhaps. Yeah. We'll see. It is interesting. It's I don't think it's a matter of digestible or savory or not savory. It's about, like I said, again, theater's going to draw on the liberals. So, again, like I said, your yeah, character's not a, a bigot or anything, right. but he still has conflicted feelings. He's outspoken. He's friends with people, but, and he thinks of himself as very open-minded and liberal, but then... When confronted with your characters kind of starting to blossom and, and be more out and open, 
all of a sudden things change. And, and, and that's something I think in smaller communities, there will be a lot of people mm. that just find themselves going, wait a minute, maybe that's, maybe that's how I am. Maybe I'm not as amazingly supportive as I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, for, for Harry, the character that I play, you know, what is a safe way of behaving in the 80s mm-hmm. uh, was terribly unsafe way to behave uh, in the 40s. So yeah. when, and without, you know, uh, spoiling it, uh, there are things you learn in the play uh, as it goes on, secrets that each of them hold uh, uh, because... That last scene was so powerful. Complicated pieces. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really is. For both, for both of you. It was there. But what's so lovely about this, uh, and I think what people respond to in this show, is the, the, this intergenerational friendship, mm. uh, this unlikely friendship that, that uh, comes from this writing class that Barbara, Julia's character, teaches. And, uh, and you know, through this series of, writing exercises we get to know each other better and share some of these pains and uh and i think it's uh, it's sort of an unexpected turn uh we realize how similar we are and you know at first glance mm-hmm. one wouldn't think that these two characters would be and it's a nice reminder so how long has the show been running now since February? Yeah. It's, but yeah, so it's been running quite a while. Right? Yeah. And we run through June 30th. Yeah. So it's, it's a it's pretty great a, run. It's been yeah. a great run. Yeah, we're lucky. Yeah, because, I, you know, I, any actor will tell you that uh, you, what they would really prefer is if friends and family would come like three months into the run. Yep. <laughs> when you've really figured it out. Because I would say yes. that right now yeah. we're flying pretty good, unburdened yeah. and... Uh, and not sort of with uh, an, ourselves on our shoulders, you yeah. know, watching our performance because you know it's all pretty quick that mm. you put these shows up, and you're you're at your best when you're not thinking. Yep. You're all just relaxed about. and grounded. Yeah. yeah, that's where we're at now. But of course, everyone comes in the first four performances. So, <laughs> so what are you going to do? Yeah, we your just parents deal with came it. early. Yeah, they did, they were there for our invited dress. And they loved it, so yeah. now they love it even more. It also musically is very s- smart and, and interesting. Um, one thing I caught, you know, for a small musical, as small as it is, I feel like there's tons of wonderful harmonization, mm. which as a composer, I love harmony, and I feel so many, sometimes so many shows, size big, it kind of boils down to everybody's in unison, or it's one little thing. But you've got, like, some stuff that's really, like, amazing, four or five part, Harmony, sometimes even a cappella, that just from a musical thing is really gorgeous to listen to in the show. Yeah, it's beautiful to sing, too. And we're lucky because, like, it is a small show, and it's, you know, it falls a lot on the shoulders of myself and Adam and Cheryl, but we have such an amazing ensemble of characters who play all the, you know, odds and ends, and they do such a good job of kind of keeping us grounded and making it feel a lot bigger than it is and they sing so many beautiful harmonies and that's yeah. my favorite part of the show when we all get to sing yeah. together yeah it's yeah pretty yeah. there's quite a few <laughs> moments there's, there's, there's mm-hmm. quite a few really gorgeous harmonic moments that just add add to the yeah. thing so i understand that you two are turning into like george and gracie or something here. 
And you got something else already that you're doing together? Uh, we do. <laughs> I'm following Adam for the rest of my life. God, aren't I the luckiest guy? No, we're doing, I'm the lucky one. What, you want to tell him Why what we're doing? Why don't you say? Well, uh, we're, there's an enormous theater out uh, in St. Louis called The Muni. And uh, Julie and I are going to go out there this summer, and we're going to do one of the all-time classic shows, Gypsy. Uh, <laughs> With my life partner Beth Level as uh, Beth Level is your life your yes oh, I so, loved her in Drowsy Chaperone uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've seen her in anything else in but oh I know she's yeah. a star she's wonderful and I, I can't wait for those two to meet each other I know I'm so excited because I've seen her like a few times at the show and I'm always like hi Beth but now I get to really be friends <laughs> we with might her. be doing Drowsy Chaperone this fall at a university I might have to oh, like, really? ask you to freak the cast out and see if she'd like absolutely <laughs> absolutely she does that so gonna yeah it's going to be amazing it's going to be amazing I'm and so excited I, I, you know when we were uh, in rehearsal your audition mm. came up for it and I was you know my all of my fingers were crossed because I, I mean I just couldn't think of anybody more perfect for that part and we were in tech, and he knew I had gotten it. And he comes up to me, and he's like, how did it go? And I was like, <laughs> like it was a, yeah, you know, I actually don't think it could have gone any better. Like, I feel really good about it. And it, you never feel that way about auditions. So yeah. I was like, you know, I, I do. I feel really good about it. And he was like, okay. And then, like, ten minutes later, it comes up and starts telling me about the hotel that everybody stays in yeah. when they do the show there. And I was like, Adam, you're making me jealous. Like, if I don't get this, I'm going to be really sad. But he already knew. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's really going to be great. It's, yeah. I've actually never worked outdoors. Have you? Mm-mm. Yeah, so I don't know what that's going to be like. And never mind the 11,000. Oh, shovel. And... Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it gets to be like 105 degrees on stage. Yeah. So. It, it gets wow. unbearably yeah. hot. And, and the seasonal clothing in Gypsy is, starts yeah, in winter. Yeah, we've got some coats, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, it's going to be wild. <laughs> but then I won't be in much at the end. So. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> So after we do that, what then? What are we going to do together? Oh man, we got to find like. Got to figure something out. We got to find the next thing. Yeah, we all have to write something for you. Yeah, please, <laughs> please but do. It will be interesting to go from this two hundred seat intimacy in this to, show. I think it's eleven thousand people yeah. at the Manny. So we'll see. That actually is one thing I've written. Do you two would fit so well? Oh, everything. I'm curious. Where did you guys study? I'm sure it was a little bit of distance apart, but I'm curious what your your formal We're both New was. Jersey people, yes, by the way. Yes, we are. We are. I always forget that. Yeah, and not too far. No, You're a Fairlawn girl, mm-hmm. and I am an Englewood guy. I was and actually born in Englewood Hospital. As was I. <gasps> Did we already talk about this? I think we may have. Oh, my God. Soul sister. Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm a perpetual dropout, actually. I dropped out of high school for my first Broadway show and college for my second. So oh, I'm, life's rough. Life's first Broadway rough. show. It was. No, but I, um, I went to Marymount on the Upper East Side and, and was there in their BFA acting program. So what, what were your Broadway shows then? Bye Bye Birdie and Beautiful. Okay. Only Letter B. That's my role. Yeah. <laughs> but... Now, do, what, what role did you play in, on Broadway in, uh, in Beautiful? In Beautiful, I was the understudy for okay. Carol, and okay. I went on quite a few times, but um, I played Betty, uh, who is her best friend at the beginning of the show and covers the role. It was lots of fun. Yeah. I had like 15 minutes of very funny stage like scene work, and then she disappears. So <laughs> it's a fun track. Hmm. Man, what about your 
Uh, I went to NYU and yeah, studied I've acting heard it's there. A decent school. Not yeah. bad. Not yeah. Bad. I studied. You couldn't uh, get in somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I was like one of those people who, like, uh, when I was in high school, I would uh, take the train into New York and see shows and, you know, I was a show kid. I mean, I was yeah. just, I, I, I wish I had had the guts you had and, and started as early as you did. I mean, I would have loved nothing more than to do that because it was really, you know, the theater and Broadway was just, uh, you know, the, the grail. And uh, so I, I wanted to come to NYU because I thought I'd be closer to where I felt I was going to live, and mm. I did. So, studied at Circle in the Square, um, and uh, had a lot of good teachers. So. Yeah. Mm. Circle, do the Circle Square still have? It still they, exists, yeah, yeah. but it's not affiliated with NYU anymore. Okay, yeah. It's, uh, I think. And they don't also. have as much formal training going on there anymore either, do they, or do they? I don't quite know what know the school is up to now. they had some very interesting kind of different training, like, in the late 80s. I seem to remember when I hearing a lot about it. Yeah, well, it was kind. Of, it, it was an interesting school because it was sort of the the poo poo platter of uh, of acting school. I mean, there was you could study with somebody who was really into method in the morning, but then you would deal with somebody a lot more presentational uh, who had a, an outlook that that was sort of antithetical to that. Mm. Uh, and so you sort of you chose kind of judiciously what kind of worked for you and i mean that's good and i suppose some would argue uh wasn't consistent but i but i think that's great because yeah. i think that makes you a really well-rounded actor and you know you can't knock it till you try it and then right well acting really is you you use what works mm -hmm. right and uh it works for you and it's that's different right. for everyone yeah so that's actually that sounds Absolutely. great no wonder you turned out so good. Uh, you're, you're very good to me. You're very good to me. So as actors, what do you guys do to plant seeds for the future? You know, for future gigs, for future mm. things. That's mm. interesting. Well, I mean, we it all comes from your agent, obviously, getting yeah. you appointments, but on like a more, you know, on a different level, you're always just trying to make connections with people who you jive with and who you want to work with again and whether that's someone who's a fellow actor or a director or you know a composer where if you really believe in their work and you are a kind person who's easy to work with and they believe in your work that kind of you know can can propel you into other projects down the line which is super cool i actually in the room we are in right now yeah. i did a reading of my friend um Dave's and it's called Wendy's Shadow and we actually started as performers together and then I've done reading after reading after reading of his new show and so you're always just making friends and mm. finding new things mm -hmm. following the projects that uh, seem like might be a fit yeah and uh, trying to find those people who can get you closer to it yeah and who want to work with you yeah <laughs> it's important <laughs> <laughs> but we keep our eyes open because the way um, projects get developed nowadays is that they start in a sort of very formative state as a what we call in the, uh, I guess is designated as a 29-hour reading. Mm. And these are the way all of all shows start. It's at a, the first draft of a show begins there, and it's really just 
people at music stands. And mm -hmm. uh, I did one last week. and I'm doing one this week. Yeah. So yeah. we keep busy. And then we show up at the show. <laughs> Always you know, a little more tired when you're doing a 29-hour reading, but, you know. True. It's you know, good, kind of tired. And you're doing it all for the money, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rolling in it. <laughs> we don't know what to do with all of it. Yeah. Well, I think one thing I, the thing is important to point out is, I mean, I'm glad to hear you, like, doing these readings and, and, and picking the new things, because I think it's something you have to, if you want to at least shoot for the idea of originating a role, doing a new role, I think there are different ways and different things you have to do to keep yourselves out there. Mm -hmm. Then if you're okay, and, and none is fine, but it's very different than just auditioning to be the next person in Wicked and, you know, yeah. and or, or go on tour, I think, to find that show that you can follow and then be with when it opens. Yeah. Well, it's all about timing. Sometimes yeah. that's, that approach is necessary because, you know, you have your bills and yeah. you have to find a way to pay them. And if going out on the road and doing... Well, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that. But if you, the people who really want to originate, yeah, or participate well, in something new from the ground up, I think there's there is a lot of sacrifice at the beginning, yeah. front end. Of it. Yes, that's right. Totally. And, and if you're lucky enough, you can be doing a different show, eight shows a week on Broadway, and yeah. doing those 29 hour readings. I mean, yeah. that's the that's the gold mine right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, what are you gonna say? Uh, I guess it just completely. I, no, I was just thinking in terms of you said you came on Sunday, and that was a, a really special day because Julia, although she won't tell you, was nominated for a Lucille Lortel Award oh, this year oh. for her role in a, a Letter to Harvey Milk. And, 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 but apropos of what we started the conversation by saying, you know, we, we have these conversations, these, these very face-to-face -face intimate talks, <laughs> I, 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 kept, I kept seeing something about Julia that seemed a little different <laughs> on Sunday, and I could not put my finger on it. And I was wearing it. fake eyelashes. Because <laughs> she had to book out of there really quickly, right? Literally, so you had I had to, to go right from like curtain down to the red carpet. And I was like, I have to wear fake eyelashes because I have to look pretty for this like tonight. And they were very, very subtle, and nobody could tell from the audience, but I could see Adam just like slightly looking over my pupil and see like my eyelash line. And I was like, oh God, I'm killing him in these right now. I was like, what is different in this picture? I know that there's something there. Yep. Yeah, but you applied those very well. Thank you. I, I mean, had to do it for three years in Beautiful, so you know. I'm a pro. Could not see the glue. <laughs> well, it's been wonderful talking to you. I know you got a show in just, uh, what, about an hour and, a, hour and 15 minutes? And yeah, I know you do. wanted to run lines with somebody who's taking on yes. the cover for the first time on oh stage. Gosh. Yes, Harvey Milk's understudy, Ravi Roth, is I going for the, on for the first time tonight. So, so. we're going to get there a little early and uh, run some lines with him. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. Me too. We love an understudy. Yeah. We love our friend Ravi. We do love our friend Ravi. Yeah, so. Adam Heller, Julia Nitel, it's been awesome talking to you. I love your show. I really, again, really loved your work in the show, and I, I wish you all the success going forward. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. much. Really good being here. Lovely talking to you. All